down in the grip of oppression I fought for my liberty I paid with the blood of my people Freedom has never been free Now my door's always open To dreamers and friends But when I'm attacked I protect and defend Because my name is America Welcome everyone. Hope you had an absolutely wonderful week and celebrated the birth of our magnificent country, the only country in the world that really offers freedom to its citizens when they know what freedom is and they know what to do about it. And we have a big problem in our country right now. One of the problems that we have to me is an old programs, and it is called MK Ultra. And this was a CIA program that was put in place by the current CIA. They weren't called the CIA at that time, when they brought German scientists over from Germany because they were communists. They brought them to America so we could win the war, so we thought. And they allowed these communists to infiltrate our highest and most prized organizations and universities. And as a result of that, a program called MK Ultra was developed. And of course, when we reported on this years and years ago, we were told we were crazy, we should be wearing tinfoil hats, and nothing like this was going on. But this was a program, and I believe it was put together between the CIA and the RAND Corporation, it was, was a program that focused on a variety of devices used for mind control. And that's what I believe is going on in America today. You're listening to Karen Schoen, and this is the prism of America's education. And today I have a wonderful friend and terrific patriot, incredible educator, uh, taking it upon himself to expose an enormous amount of information Alex Newman, thank you so much for joining me today. It is a pleasure. What do you think about MK Ultra? Do you think that we are following a lot of the programs that were put in place at that time? And even though we were told they were shut down, we're really never shut down. Yeah, well, first of all, thank you for having me on the program, Karen. It's great to be with you. And as far as MK Ultra, uh, they went into... Uh, panic mode once people in Congress started asking questions. I do not believe they ever completely shut it down. We do know that they shredded huge amounts of documents to try to cover this up when uh, Congress started looking into this. But the the deeper you dig, the darker the uh, nature of this becomes. Uh, you know, the, on the on the surface, what Congress found out about what some of the surviving documents indicate is that they were giving LSD to people in mental institutions as a way of trying to to break them down, to try to get information out of them, to try to get them to believe um, idiotic things, to just basically see how they could manipulate people's minds. But uh, we know that it goes much darker, much deeper than that. Uh, one of the people that I interviewed on this subject, who really was a pioneer in the field. 
was uh, from Liberty University, Dr. Judith Reisman, just an incredible woman. And she had been focusing in on Alfred Kinsey, the, the disgusting pervert involved in the uh, the rape and the sexual torture of hundreds, maybe thousands of little children. Uh, they actually meticulously documented these horrifying crimes. And it turns out there was a nexus between his disgusting experiments, so-called, and his research, and uh, what the CIA was doing. And Dr. Judith Reisman found that out. So you have some really, really troubling uh, elements to this. And of course, the CIA has been involved in all sorts of nasty things. But I'd say this uh, MK Ultra is one of the worst abuses that I know of perpetrated by the CIA. And I suspect that a lot of what they learned through these experiments is still used to this day. Uh, and I think it has broader applications. I think it goes beyond just messing with one individual. I think they have figured out how to use some of these tactics and techniques on the broader public. And that should be really concerning to people. Oh, absolutely. And you're right. And listen to the misinformation we hear and we're listening to it and we say, that's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong, but we don't do anything about it. And what's wrong and what misinformation is, is allowed to stand. And that's part of the programming. Part of the programming, I believe, was to train the American people, the populace. Remember, I keep on saying there's more of us than them, but we are trained to be the silent majority. So we are told initially from the time we're born, shut up and, and take your medicine and that's the way it is and you have no right to say anything else. And that was what this programming is. And for those of you that don't remember Kinsey, uh, he is the one that said that babies have sexual needs, even from the time of three months old. Now listen to what they're saying about racism. Babies are racist from the time they're born. They believe that putting the victim through trauma created an experience that caused them to disassociate because it was too much to handle. So if you give a person something that is so horrific, they will disassociate from it, think of something else, not do it, not be involved, and almost create an alternative personality so that when they hear this ridiculous nonsense, which it is, and it is designed to be exactly that. They keep on feeding us all of this misinformation and almost waiting and waiting for us to say, no, in mass, that's not true, or do something. And unfortunately, we have been programmed not to do. So the victim has no conscious knowledge or awareness of the behaviors that they are programmed to perform. And the trauma-based disassociation, no matter what, will go against any belief that they may hold, but yet they can't vocalize that belief anymore because it goes against society. And that follows out with what Sun Tzu always said. And he said, hold out baits to entice the enemy, uh, feign disorder, and then crush him and take over the enemy without firing a shot. Alex, do you think that's happening today? Absolutely, it is. And the, the CIA did a lot of this work under the pretext of trying to be ahead of the Soviets, who apparently were also doing this kind of research. And the Soviets were doing some of this research. I've, I've written articles about that. We've had some declassified documents from uh, work that the KGB and the Soviet intelligence agencies were doing. And they, they were doing a lot of uh, work in this area, including mind control efforts. I think the most troubling thing to me is to, to when you realize that the CIA, under the guise of trying to stop the Soviets, 
was actually doing this research and, and weaponizing these techniques and tactics, uh, it seems to me primarily for use on the American people. Uh, it's simply grotesque. It's criminal. And, uh, you know, I, it, just in, in researching some of the more recent things that have come out from these things, uh, back in, in 2018, this was pretty recent, there were some new declassified documents from MKUltra. Uh, talking about uh, experiments they were doing on dogs where they were implanting these microchips in the brains of the dogs and then controlling them by remote. They, they were getting the dogs to do different things, uh, tricks and stuff, just by pushing buttons on a remote. And then you see the type of things that uh, Klaus Schwab and the elites are pushing right now, right? This fourth industrial revolution that Klaus Schwab talks about. Um, I mean, he says openly, this really represents the merger of man and machine, of human and computer. He said publicly, I've got videos of him saying, we're going to have to implant microchips in your brain. And these are going to be able to read your thoughts. And uh, they're going to be even your, your uh, dreams and things are going to be recorded. And he's saying this openly. He wrote a whole book about it where he proposed that governments might even mandate this type of thing. And then you see, oh, this was not developed with benign applications. These were developed by weaponized agencies of a government that is completely out of control. They were, it seems, pioneered for use against the American people. And when you look at the pattern of the CIA, and, and this is horrific to, to realize, but over many years of research, I, I've been examining different projects that the CIA has been engaged in. And nominally, they're pointed outward, but so often they're actually aimed inward. They're aimed at the American people. You look at Project Mockingbird, for example, where they were putting so-called journalists, and I use the air quotes around that, these are not real journalists, uh, on the payroll and using them to spread propaganda to the American people. Uh, some of the uh, false flags they were proposing, Operation Mongoose, Operation Northwoods, it was developed with the Joint Chiefs of Staff, where they were planning to kill people in America. They were planning to shoot down an airliner as an excuse to start a war. Uh, you look at what they've done overseas all these years, and they've told us they're keeping us safe from communism. Uh, quite the opposite. In fact, it seems like they've been facilitating communist takeovers all over the world. And I know that sounds wild to somebody who's just given, been fed the standard line you know, in government school. Oh, the CIA was keeping us safe from communism. And sometimes they even overthrew foreign governments. When you actually look at the history, though, what you find is a very long track record, with a few exceptions, of the CIA actually helping communists get into power. The, the one notable exception that comes to mind is Chile. They, in Chile, they, they helped oust uh, Salvador Allende and, and bring in um, Pinochet. But by and large, um, they were stabbing anti-communist forces in the back. Uh, the Bay of Pigs is, is a perfect example of this. I, I wrote a whole article on this with my friend Frank de Varona, who invaded Cuba at age of uh, 17 under the guidance of the CIA. And he'll be the first one to tell you they set them up to be killed and captured. They, they, they deliberately, uh, Alan Dulles, who was running the CIA, did this in a way that uh, basically guaranteed a huge victory for Castro when it didn't have to be that way. In fact, just a few little changes and they could have been successful. So when you realize that the CIA has been so frequently doing these evil projects, these evil schemes and, and top secret things, and worse, aiming them at the American people, you realize something's really wrong. And another uh, example that comes to mind, and then I'll hand it back to you, Karen, uh, is the funding of feminism. Right? I've got a video of the founder of uh, Miss Magazine talking about how the CIA was funding her, her far left uh, propaganda feminist magazine uh, that had the, the effect of turning a generation of women against their husbands, against their families, and advancing this kind of radical 
radical feminist ideology that has been so destructive in the United States. Why would the CIA fund that? Why would the Rockefellers fund that? Well, I think the reason is obvious. It's a war against the United States and a war against uh, our liberties and our constitutional system of government. Yes, communists, let's remember, they can never have opposition because they paint a picture that's not real. And if someone opposes it, you could poke holes in it. It's like a facade. Uh, like when they had the Olympics in Germany and the people went to Germany, they invited people to come to Germany to see how wonderful the German people were doing. But what they did was they created a facade. And that's exactly what we have going on right now. And nothing to me is more evident of that than what's going on with this vaccine. Who the heck knows what's in that vaccine anymore? I wouldn't trust anybody no matter what, but that's me. And I'm not ever telling anybody whether to take a vaccine or not take a vaccine. But just think, Joe Biden yesterday said that he is going to send around agents to go door to door in communities to do what? To give vaccines, to gather information that's really what this is all about. They need the data so that, like as Alex said, they can combine man with machine. Boy, does that remind me of the Borg. <laughs> remember those episodes on Star Trek? And I remember what they said. The Borg would say constantly, you will obey. Resistance is futile. And that's what they are driving at now. You will obey or be canceled. Or be put in jail. Look at all those people that are still in jail from the one six quote insurrection that never was and blowing up things and making them out of proportion and then feeding misinformation to the populace puts us on a track of disbelief, not only in ourselves, but in each other. And that's the way a country falls apart. When the people turn inward and turn and fight each other, that's the beginning steps of a society losing its society and a takeover by, I believe, the communist, the Chinese Communist Party is the one to me that has their fingerprints all over this with our compliant CIA. What do you think about the Communist Chinese Party, Alex. I know you wrote a lot of articles on them. Yeah, well, I, I appreciate the opportunity to comment on this. You know, one of the most horrifying realizations when it comes to China is the realization that it was subversive elements within the U.S. government that brought the communists to power. And that very much includes the Office of Strategic Services, the OSS, uh, which was the precursor to the CIA. If you look at the people who betrayed our ally, Chiang Kai-shek, and handed China over to the communists, uh, OSS was crucial. And, you know, I, I should throw out a, a, a full disclosure here, a caveat. Um, not everybody, of course, who works for the CIA or the OSS uh, is necessarily a bad guy, is necessarily nefarious. In fact, there have been many good people who've worked for these agencies throughout history. Uh, one of the uh, early individuals who worked with the OSS in China was Captain John Birch, who was a, a Baptist missionary to China. He was only recruited by U.S. intelligence during World War II uh, because um, he was already in China. He spoke Chinese and he wanted to serve his country. And he ended up being murdered by the Chinese communists. 
Uh, and, and to this day, you know, I, I've got friends who, who came out of the CIA and they're very decent and honorable people. The problem is the leadership. But when you look at what happened in China, you see the fingerprints of subversive Americans and subversives within our intelligence agencies, including the OSS, all over it. Uh, George Marshall was one of the key people. Uh, George Marshall at various times oversaw both the State Department and the Department of Defense. Uh, he was the Secretary of State and the Secretary of Defense at, at different times. And he was also a member of the Council on Foreign Relations. And he was one of the individuals responsible for putting an arms embargo on our ally, Chiang Kai-shek. So Chiang Kai-shek fought alongside Americans to defeat, in fact, fought alongside my grandfather. My grandfather fought the Japanese. He was first in the Pacific theater fighting against the Japanese during World War II. And the anti-communist Chinese, the Chinese nationalists under leadership of uh, Chiang Kai-shek were fighting right beside us. When the war was over, uh, the U.S. government did everything possible to destroy Chiang Kai-shek and to bring the communists to power. Uh, in fact, even before the war was over, they were working on this. And one of the obvious things that they did was in, was beg Stalin to join the war on Japan just a couple days before they knew they were going to drop nuclear bombs on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. What idiot, if you believe this was the product of stupidity, what idiot would invite a mass murdering communist dictator to join a war after you've done all the fighting and all the dying so that they can come in and help with the mop up operation? Well, a subversive, of course. And that's exactly what they did. They said, Stalin, you should declare war on Japan, literally two or three days before the war was over. They knew Japan, Japan was already begging uh, to, to surrender to the United States, unconditional surrender. They were just begging. They were on their knees, please accept our surrender. And they said, hey, Stalin, you should declare war on Japan. So we did. Well, what happened? Well, as soon as Japan surrendered, that allowed Stalin to go into Manchuria, where the Japanese had enormous stockpiles of weapons and food and material necessary for the war. And then Stalin could just hand it right over to Chairman Mao and his little communist mass murdering buddies. And that gave them the weaponry and the supplies and the resources they needed to wage a proper war against Chiang Kai-shek. So at every step of the way, you have these subversives. And they all seem to center in the intelligence agencies. And beyond that, they seem to center in a, in a small group of organizations, the Council on Foreign Relations being the primary one. And what you find is that the people involved in making these decisions that we're always told, that, oh, that was just stupidity. Oh, well, you know, how, how could they have known that that was going to produce that? That's, that's the excuse they always use. These people all seem to be tied to these organizations, especially the CFR. That includes the Dulles brothers who are involved in the founding of the CFR. That includes George Marshall. That includes all the people involved in handing Cuba over to the communists and Fidel Castro. In fact, they were telling us Castro was an anti-communist, that he was the George Washington of Latin America. So this has been a problem for a very, very long time. And uh, and we've got to sort this out. I mean, and especially when they're turning this kind of dastardly thing inwards toward the United States, it makes it even worse. But imagine handing over the largest nation on the planet, China, to the most ruthless barbarians to ever walk on the face of this planet, the communists. How could you do that? Well, somebody has some explaining to do. And, um, and, and so you realize that about history. History, in my opinion, doesn't make sense. And, and then you follow that thread through and it continues all the way through to today. So in the early 1970s, you had the Rockefellers went over to China. In fact, David Rockefeller, uh, who was incidentally the chairman of the Council on Foreign Relations, uh, he came back and he wrote an article. You can still, an, an op-ed, you can still read it in the New York Times today. It was published in August of 1973. And he said that the, uh, and I'm quoting here, the social experience in China under Chairman Mao's leadership is one of the most important and successful in all of human history. 
Uh, what kind of psychopath, what kind of monster believes that the mass murder of tens of millions of individuals, the wiping away of entire thousands of year old civilization, what kind of monster thinks that that's a successful social experiment? Well, I'll tell you what kind of David, David Rockefeller and the communists. That's exactly right. And aren't we doing exactly the same thing in Afghanistan? We're doing exactly the same thing. We go in, we fight a war, we win the war, we walk away and we say here, China, here, communists go in and take over because now it's yours. Exactly. And that's what's happening in Afghanistan. The Chinese are going in, they're getting all the mines, they're getting all the natural resources resources after the Americans did all the dying and all the destroying of our military. It's unbelievable. I know we have a group of people right now running this government, I believe, that have been the utmost treasonous group I have ever seen in my lifetime. And they are going to be running around allowed to continue doing exactly what they're doing, which is the total destruction of the United States. That's what their goal is. And I believe that they are using these techniques, not only in the media to reinforce the message, but now they've turned it inward towards our children. And that's the sorest point with me when I realize what our children will be learning or not learning. And they will not be learning the things that Alex and I have just been talking about. Why? Because they don't want anybody to recognize, oh, Afghanistan, gee, that sounds familiar. We've seen that before. The United States goes in, they do all the fighting and all the dying, and then they turn it over to the communists to reap the rewards. How does that make sense? It doesn't. But if you don't know history, then you have no idea that it doesn't make sense. And they will continue to lie and lie and lie. And Alex, what can we do about it? If we don't call them out, what can we do? Well, I do think calling them out is one of the most important things we can do. Um, You know, light is a a very good disinfectant and truth is a very powerful weapon. And it's just kind of like when you shine the light that you you walk into your kitchen and, uh, you know, you live in a dirty house, you turn the light on and the cockroaches scatter, right? (laughs) Same deal here. If somebody could come in and flip the switch on, all the cockroaches would start scattering because they cannot stand in the light of day. They cannot stand public scrutiny. If the American people knew what these monsters, what these barbarians were doing in their name with their money... They would all be rounded up and thrown in jail and it would stop immediately. So I think that's uh, the, the key thing that everybody can work on is shine the light on this, expose it, reprove it, call it out. This is evil. Uh, we need Congress to hold hearings on these things. They, the few hearings that we've had on the CIA's abuses have, have largely been for show and they really they've been focused more on demonizing the United States than on highlighting the crimes of these rogue intelligence agencies. So I think that's one of the key things that we can do. Uh, another thing that needs to be done, Karen, is show the link between these rogue operators who very often work in government and the organizations that they are involved in, uh, very much like the Council on Foreign Relations. I think uh, people need to understand the common thread that runs through all of this. And and you can go back and you can look at so many of these individuals, right? They have names and they have addresses. They have associations that are documented. Uh, Take uh, Michael Hayden is a good example, okay? He was the head of the CIA. He also served as the head of the NSA. He's also a member of the Council on Foreign Relations, also a regular attendee at Bilderberg. This is a guy who I have on camera bragging about how he kills people based on their metadata. What kind of world do we live in where one 
goober working for the government can make a decision about whether to kill you based on your metadata and then brag about it in public, right? That is completely unacceptable. As far as I'm concerned, he was confessing to mass murder on TV. How can we have admitted mass murderers running around free was because nobody's speaking out because people have watched too many darn spy movies and they think this is cool and sexy and they're getting bad guys right no it's not guys it's a flagrant violation of our constitution constitution says you're innocent until proven guilty says you have a right to a jury trial. It says you have a right to see the evidence against you. It says you have a right to contest it. You have a right to discover. You have a right to a fair trial, right? You have a right to be charged with a crime before having your head blown off by one of their missiles. Okay. It's so out of line. So we need to call this out. We need to hold these people accountable. There's no loopholes. There's no uh, exemptions in our murder laws for people who happen to work for intelligence agencies. These people should all be prosecuted. Uh, but the first step to making that happen is for the American people to be made aware and for them to understand uh, the evil and the criminality involved here. Uh, and, you know, I, I mentioned Michael Hayden. There's so many of these guys. Leon Panetta is another oh. one, right? A guy who's been closely linked with the communists for decades, running the CIA, running the Defense Department. John Brennan, right? John the guy who, who admitted in an interview uh, or who admitted in 2016 when he thought Hillary Clinton was going to become the president that, oh, well, back in the 1980s, I was a communist. In fact, in 1978, I voted for Gus Hall and I told the CIA and they gave me a security clearance. What? Right. What? How can this be public? And these people are still walking around free and still running the government and now calling for weaponizing the government against American patriots. Uh, we've got to speak out loudly and clearly. We've got to get the word out. That's step one. And we also need to protect our children from this. Right? A lot of these tactics that we've been talking about, a lot of these uh, disgusting experiments, these, these the knowledge gained from these have now been weaponized and turned against our children. Uh, and many times in government schools, many times through this so-called entertainment that you're sitting them in front of the TV to, to absorb. Got to protect our children from that, Karen. Oh, you absolutely. We must do that. And that's why I am on a real kick right now. And people say, what can I do? And you know what my answer is? Teach somebody to read. Listen to your kids. See if they can read. You will be shocked to find out that most of them can. And if you want to do something to help your kids, teach them to read. Not if you want to do something. You're a patriot. Do something. Mentor a child. Mentor a, an adult. I am working with my neighbor. She can't read. I'm teaching her how to read. Teach a person to read because that is the most important thing that you can do. And then this way, we, they will be able to find the truth. They won't be taken over. And remember, these people are not Americans. They are evil. They are communists. And to think that they are the same, and they are running both political parties, leads me to believe that it is going to be so important that we choose candidates who are telling, who will, who we believe will tell us the truth. That's what we have to be looking for in this 2022 election. People who will tell the truth and fight for America. And when they are on these committees of oversight, they will actually do oversight, not what we have going on right now, where the head of the intelligence committee is sleeping with a Chinese spy. I mean, that was and has nothing has been done to him. But yet, if it was a, uh, a patriot, then they would be thrown off a committee. 
just like uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene was just thrown off the committee. We need to fill our Congress with the right people and don't pay attention to what their party is because the party is irrelevant. It's the person. Don't donate to the party, donate to the person and get involved with your local elections. Because if we think that the president's election was stolen, Pay attention to your local elections, too, because I believe we lost the House and the Senate the same way. I mean, this is going to be a big thing when this shakes out and all of this election stuff is gone. But right now we have a serious looking at the police because Nancy Pelosi is now going to militarize the Capitol Police and send them out into the cities to help, quote, help the local police forces. What is this all driving at? I believe it's driving to a federal police force that will be beholden to the federal government, not to the elected official called your sheriff. And once that happens, we will have a federal police force who will be able to, as Joe Biden said, go into local towns and communities and knock on doors and give people vaccines. What a horrible atrocity. Well, folks, Hold on. Don't go anyplace. Alex and I will be right back. You're listening to Karen Schoen, and this is the prism of America's education. Because of COVID-19, the average American worries about their immune health four times a day. That's 112 times per year. To minimize the worries, leading nutritional supplement company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost, an immune supplement that contains 15 full doses of science-backed nutrients like vitamin C, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea, all in a one-a-day pill-free gel pack. It tastes great, is convenient on the go, and it's more natural too, without chemical binders, fillers, and coatings. Supporting a strong and resilient immune system can be simple. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order of Immune Super Boost. That's HealthyCell.com, H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L, and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. Back again, this is Karen Schoen and my guest, Alex Newman, and you're listening to The Prism of America's Education. Alex, before we go any further, I know that you were involved in a lot of different projects, but your writing is incredible. So please tell everyone where they can find you. And then let's talk about your public school exit program, which I think is incredible. Uh, well, thank you so much, Karen. I really appreciate it. And uh, I write for a lot of different publications. I'm a senior editor at the New American Magazine. I'm the editor-in-chief at my personal website, LibertySentinel.org, which is kind of an eclectic mix of different things. That's LibertySentinel.org. And then I also contribute to a lot of different publications, including the Epic Times, the Law Enforcement Intelligence Brief, uh, the Illinois Family Institute's publications, and many more. Please go and especially your new article in The New American. Tell everybody about that and get The New American, folks, because the first article about rescuing our children was incredible. What's the new one about, Alex? Well, thank you so much, Karen. So uh, we did this whole special report in 2019, Rescuing Our Children, and I ended up turning that into a national speaking tour. Um, I I gave a a talk on rescuing our children hundreds of times in, I think, 43 or 44 states now, multiple foreign countries. And uh, 
honestly, the situation got so much worse so quickly that we said, you know what, that special issue is is not adequate anymore. Um, it's gotten even crazier. It's hard to believe that it could get crazier, but it did. And so we we released a sequel now. It's called Save Our Children. Uh, you can find that at the New Americans website at thenewamerican.com uh, forward slash save uh, hyphen our hyphen children. And so you can read all those articles right now for free. And uh, p- people who want to order the the whole special report, there's uh, about 12 articles in here. Uh, they can order that right through the website. But um, there's a lot of different topics we cover in this updated sequel. Uh, my cover story in here focuses on how the government schools have really been responsible for uh, destroying children's belief in uh, in biblical religion. You know, the schools used to teach uh, the Ten Commandments. The schools used to uh, teach from a presupposition that, that God exists, that they were created with a purpose, that there is right and wrong. Now the schools do the exact opposite. In fact, they wage war on those concepts. They ridicule those concepts uh, and they turn children into little Marxists. And of course, that's the goal. Uh, we also focus really extensively on critical race theory in the schools. You know, what is it? Uh, why is it there? What's the purpose of it? Of course, the goal is to divide and destroy America and uh, hand us over to a Marxist system. We've got uh, an interview with uh, actually the former superintendent of public instruction for the state of Arizona, who's on our board at Public School Exit. A wonderful, wonderful lady. She was in the highest position you can get in Arizona's uh, government education system, the superintendent of the public schools of the state. And she spent four years there. And uh, afterwards, she, she came to one of my talks on rescuing our children. She said, Alex, you're right. With the, <laughs> I've, I've tried for four years. You can't reform that. I couldn't even get Common Core out of here, right? You just you, you can't reform it. And so she gave up. And now she, she's on the same mission as us. We've got to rescue the children from the government schools, not try to uh, reform the them because uh, as she points out you know it's it's just not possible anymore uh, we've got an article on the LGBTQ extremism that is uh, quite literally destroying our children. and uh, we've got a, a really encouraging article my, my last major article for the uh, report it's on how the tide is turning. Right. Uh, for when I first started telling people five or six years ago, you need to get your children out of public schools. You know, I can't tell you how many people said, well, you know, I kind of agree. And I, I wouldn't send my children to, po- to public school. But, you yeah, know, come on, let's be realistic. We're, we're not going to get all the kids. That, that's that's radical. That's fringe, whatever. Well, uh, the tide has really started to turn. Uh, the number of homeschool families in America has more than doubled over the last year. Karen, uh, you've got some school districts now that are losing 10, 15, even 20 percent of their victims. Uh, you've got uh uh, private schools, high quality private schools with um, massively increased enrollment. Uh, you've got public sentiment turning against government schools. I think nationwide, they've lost something like 1.5 million victims just in the last year. And I suspect that that is going to uh, continue to accelerate this exodus. Uh, you've also got, Karen, major, major leaders and figures who are talking about this now in a way that would have been inconceivable even just a few years ago. Uh, I'll give you some examples. Rush Limbaugh, the king of talk radio, right? He passed away now, but he had 18 million listeners per day. And three times in the year before he died, he warned parents about government schools. And he actually told them explicitly, you've got to get your children out, period. End of discussion. Uh, You had Franklin Graham, uh, one of the most significant evangelical leaders in the world. Um, He was talking about uh, this new law that they had passed, uh, I think, back in 2018 in New Jersey on uh, LGBT mandates for all the public schools. Uh, He said, look, parents, you've you've got to pull your children out of public schools. Uh, You had President Donald Trump, right, uh, twice in his final year in office uh, during a State of the Union speech and then again during his um, 
uh, his Independence Day speech in 2020 at Mount Rushmore. He said, look, we've got to protect our children from these failing government schools. They are left-wing indoctrination centers. The reason our cities are burning, the reason our kids hate America is because they've been brainwashed in public schools. So we are making progress. I think we are winning the argument. Um, the, the issue is just, you know, can we get Americans to understand the urgency? And I tell parents, it's like if your child is in a burning building, um, you don't write a petition. You, you don't uh, run for school board, right? You, you got to get your priorities straight. The first thing you do is you run inside and you grab your children and then you run out the door. Then you do those other things. Then you, you let the town know that the building's on fire and there are children inside and so on. But the first thing you got to do is get your children out. You got to save your own children. And I encourage parents to get involved, uh, pastors, rabbis, priests. You know, you got to warn your congregations. Uh, I, I don't think there's any issue more critical, Karen. I could not agree more. There is no, nothing more critical than saving our children. That's America's future. And if we continue to bring forth group upon group upon group of people who hate America, what do you think is going to happen to America? It will be gone. And that's their goal. Just remember that. That is always their goal. Their goal is to eliminate America. They cannot have America standing as a place of freedom for the rest of the world to be jealous of. That's what they think. Why would they want Americans to be owning something and be a role model for others in other countries who will turn around to their governments and say, I want to own something too? So they will not allow that to happen. Remember, in the world of communism, you have the haves and the have-nots. There's nothing, zero in the middle. So what does that do to the middle class? It does not exist. And for those of you that ever listened to Obama's speeches, I challenge you to go listen to any of his speeches and listen to when he talks about elevating the poverty into the middle class, but he never talks about elevating the middle class into the upper class. Why? Because they don't want that. They don't want a middle class. They will never elevate anyone. Their goal is to give you menial handouts. And as Klaus Schwab said, you will own nothing and you will be happy. What a horrible thing to say to people who are now going to be facing their new lives as they step out into the world very ill-prepared. And as Alex said, you can teach your child more by keeping your child home and by homeschooling your child or by working with other parents to do exactly the same thing than ever sending them to a failing government school. 47% of the kids cannot read, write, and do simple math. If you taught your kid nothing more then the phonics alphabet and the basic math skills, you'd have a home run because they're not learning that in school. Alex, we only have a few minutes, so please give everyone your best of what they can do because that's what we need, the to-do list. Yeah, well, thank you, Karen. You know, I would say start by, if you have children, getting them out of the government schools. If you have grandchildren, encouraging your children to get them out of the government schools. Even if that means you have to help out and, you know, maybe take care of them a couple of days a week and help homeschool, whatever it takes. 
Uh, that's your future right there, guys. Not just the future of your family, but the future of your country. I think we have an obligation to act. Uh, another key thing is, uh, it, you know, it comes from the wisdom of Sun Tzu, the ancient Chinese military strategist. I think it has very important applications for today. Uh, he explained that if you know yourself and you know your enemy, you need not fear the result of 100 battles. But if you don't know yourself and you don't know your enemy, you're going to lose every single battle. What do we do? Well, we've got to know ourselves and we've got to know the enemy. And I think it's just critical for every American. You've got to understand who we are as a people. You need to know our history. You need to know our constitution, our declaration of independence. Uh, you know, why did the founding fathers create a new nation to begin with? Uh, what was going on at that time? What's the history of civilization? Right? We need to know all these things uh, or we're going to be susceptible to the lies that they spread, like this uh, horrible libel about the United States surrounding slavery. Yes, America had slavery, just like virtually every other culture in all of human history for thousands thousands of years. America should be proud of itself for being maybe not the first, although many of our states did it even before England, but among the very first nations in the world to end the scourge of slavery. So they've turned something that should be a point of incredible pride for Americans into something that people are ashamed about simply because they don't know the history. So we need to know who we are. We need to know the true history. We need to know uh, the enemy, Karen. So we need to understand who these people are that are trying to take our freedom and destroy it. Because if we don't understand those things, they're going to steamroller over us. So best ways to do that, just in, real quick, Karen, uh, get a subscription to the New American Magazine. Get a subscription to the Epic Times. Uh, get yourself uh, uh, signed up for the newsletter of good websites. Make sure you're listening to America Out Loud and especially uh, Karen's show, Prism of uh, American Education. These are sources that you can rely on for accurate, truthful information. And that's a really good way to get yourself up to speed so that you can be successful in this fight for our freedom. Thank you, Alex. And I'm going to ask you to come back because we never have enough of Alex. Thank you for everything you're doing. Thank you so much, Karen. You, you too. Really appreciate it. Today, America stands at the crossroads of history. Our actions will determine the fate of our nation. Well, that journey starts here and starts now. We invite you to join us in making the ultimate difference. Subscribe to our podcast and newsletters. Turn notifications on and stay in the know. You'll find all that back at AmericaOutloud.com. Liberty and justice for all. Well, folks, I know that speaking with Alex might have been a little bit depressing and you think, what can I do? What can I do? But I really believe that we have good reason to be optimistic, even in spite of the insanity that is going on all around us. We need we need an uplifting conversation. So I asked Pastor Rick to come and join me today. Pastor Rick, thank you so much. And we do need an uplifting conversation because our future, if we just look at it on the path that it is, if we don't do anything about it, is very dim. But we're Americans, and we will fight. And we're Christians, and we believe in the truth. And this is where we are right now. So, Pastor Rick, um, I know that the Florida Citizens Alliance has done amazing things in Florida to help to help our kids get a true education. So there's a lot of good, don't you think, Pastor? Well, there really are. And thanks for having me, Karen. It's always nice to talk to you. And, and I agree with you. There is a lot of 
a lot of stuff out there and a lot of reason to be discouraged. I mean, we could count that right and left of all the things that we could be concerned about it and, and rightfully so concerned. I mean, I'm not just trying to make that up and I know you aren't either. There are serious concerns, but, but you're right. We have to remind ourselves that there is still good and beauty in the world. And we don't need to despair about that because we can remind ourselves there are a lot of good people Uh, We meet them sometimes for a moment in a store or some other situation. We find out that they're polite and we're polite and we smile and we go on. And there's just a lot of that good and beneficial stuff going on out there. And of course, from my perspective, from a Christian perspective, we remind ourselves that no matter how bad it gets, God has our back. God will always, always look out for his faithful people. And I was just having a conversation with someone last night, the the book of Revelation came up. And, you know, every time that topic comes up, we talk about end times. People have a lot of um, opinions about that, sometimes a lot of concerns. And, and I've been saying for a number of years now that the, the primary message of the book of Revelation is no matter how bad it gets, God's faithful people can count on God to have their back. And in the end, he will take care of everything. And that's, that's worth reminding ourselves about. And because there is a lot of other stuff to be concerned about, but one thing we know, we can count on God. He is always faithful and we need to be faithful to him. Absolutely. And we cannot allow what's going on to continue without calling it out, without telling the truth. This is the most important thing that we can do when we hear the lies of the left being espoused over their TV shows, over their news broadcasts. It's up to us to say, no, that's not true. It's up to us. Um, Over this past week, I watched the Band of Brothers, and I was reminded that the German people used the idea of, I know nothing. I didn't see anything. Well, for all of you parents who have children who believe that communism is such a wonderful thing, I suggest you watch the Band of Brothers. And I suggest that you show your children, don't turn them away when they get to the concentration camps and see the inhumanity that man has done to other human beings. And this is what communists are all about. They don't play. They're not playing. They have a goal. That goal is to take over and rule the world. And America is standing in the way. West, the West is standing in the way. They cannot tolerate the truth because they don't know what the truth is. They make it up as they go along. And by doing that, we are going to be allowing them to take control of our country? I don't think so. I don't know. The scariest thing that I opened up the uh, populist press this morning to read was that Joe Biden is considering sending pe- sending uh, who the military around to speak to people and to tell them that they have to have a vaccine? Wait a minute. What does that remind you of? Now, that's really scary. Well, sure it is. And, and we can push back against all of that. And, and we need to recognize we are pushing back, sometimes in ways people don't know about. And one of the really good pushbacks in the state of Florida has to do with education and with scholarships for students. During this last legislative cycle, the legislature passed and the governor signed into law a bill that reconfigures, I guess is a good way to say it, the scholarship programs in Florida. 
And one of the really beneficial things that they did, and I don't know that people have, are really aware of this, but we've had a family empowerment scholarship for, for a while now and a tax credit scholarship. It's now been folded together. We just have the family empowerment scholarship. They were both nearly identical anyway. We have about 2.3 million public school students in the state of Florida. That's a lot of kids. The new scholarship approach will make these family empowerment scholarships available to about 1.2 million of those students. Now, that's a huge that's... pushback against the indoctrination and the abusive stuff that has gone on in far too many schools. We should be celebrating some of those kind of things because they are serious pushbacks against the very things that you're noticing and against the very th things that people are concerned about from critical race theory to, well, the list goes on. And, and we need to be, be thankful that here's, a, here's one state that is showing an example. And I bring that up because I know we have a lot of listeners that aren't in Florida, but I bring that up to say to them, go talk to your legislators. The path has been uh, opened up. The Florida has set an example for them to consider in their own state. And so far, and we think it will stand, it has held up to legal challenges. And the, the biggest clue to that is there haven't been any legal challenges to it because recent Supreme Court rulings and other things have led us to this point. And we think this is going to stand up to, to whatever scrutiny the, the challengers want to throw at it. And it's going to deliver a lot of students uh, an education they never imagined possible for them. So that's really good news. That is phenomenal news. It is incredible news. And especially now after yesterday when the NEA, and that's the National Education Association, which I am sad to say is my union. When you uh, teach in New York City, uh, you have no choice. You have to be a member of the union or you don't teach. That was the way it worked. That's the way it has always worked in New York City and New York State. And unfortunately, that is where I originally came from. So the NEA, which is, like I said, I said my union just came out yesterday and said that they will be their new goal to support critical race theory and make Make sure that it is in every school in America. Well, folks, if you happen to live in Florida, then I would suggest that you take advantage of one of these scholarships because the most important thing to a school board is not whether or not your kid gets educated. It is whether or not your kid is attending school because that is how they make their money. They make their money on attendance not on education. Imagine if they had to hold standards and had to get their money based upon the fact that a child might actually learn how to read. Wow, that would be novel, wouldn't it? Um, however, that's not the way it works. So especially the first week of school, keep your kids out of school because then there won't be any money. And then that is your voice. You get to go to the school board and say, you want to keep this up? You want to make sure that critical race theory and social uh, emotional learning is now the main goal of our school as per the uh, NEA? Well, we won't send our kids to school. We'll start our own school. We'll go to a charter school. We'll go to a different school. We'll see how fast the union changes their mind because when it comes to dollars and cents, that's what they're all about. 
They are not about education. They are about power. I remember when uh, a couple of years ago, the president of the NEA said, it's not our job to educate. It is our job to accumulate power and run education. That's not their job. Their job is education. So please pay attention to the state of Florida. And right now, I believe that there are civics and history standards that are in need of review. Uh, so please go, if you are in Florida, go to the Florida Department of Education, look up the history and civic standards and give them a review. Now is the time for us to be able to tell the Department of Education what we think of their standards. And they listen. Governor DeSantis just vetoed uh, SB 146, which was a horrific civics bill that said that Students will learn action civics, which means they'll learn how to riot in unison, and uh, that we were going to be designating taxpayer dollars to an NGO to promote critical race theory. And that NGO was the YMCA. Why on earth would I want to donate my money to an organization that's going to be promoting critical race theory? I'm so, pretty sure you don't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, could you, I was just going to ask you, pastor, you want to donate your money and the, the people in your congregation and have them support an organization that's going to be pushing critical race theory. I don't no. think so. Of course we don't. And um, yes, we were very pleased that the governor vetoed that bill and, and that's another point of good news that we're, we need to remind people. That bill passed the Florida House and the Florida Senate unanimously. There were no objections to that bill. We don't know why people didn't catch on to what it was about, but some people had begun to notice it across the country, and it came to our attention, uh, and we stepped up and, and led the charge, and a lot of other groups joined in, and we wouldn't want to minimize their contribution at all. But a lot of grassroots people spoke up and stepped up and said to the governor, you need to veto this bill. It's really quite remarkable. People think they can't influence what goes on. And I want to say to everybody out there, don't become weary and well-doing. Because when we did this across Florida, when all of the citizens began to speak up, the governor did veto that bill, even though it had passed unanimously in both chambers. That is quite remarkable. And it's remarkable and commendable for the governor. And we thank him for that. That's just, that's good news. When that happens, people are listening and responding. Yes, absolutely. And I will also tell you, send the governor a thank you. We always rail on him when he does something we don't like. Well, let's say thank you for doing something and for listening to the people in the state of Florida who actually read the bill, because I don't think the people in the legislature read it. And that's my personal opinion. Any time that we have the left and the right coming together to support something, we have to realize that something must be wrong because it needs opposition. And most of the <laughs> programs that we have need opposition. I haven't found one that I am 100% in on anything. Let us remember that. And also, like I said before, if we don't participate in our government, we will be governed by our inferiors. And that's not a statement from Karen. That was a statement from Plato. Imagine that. How many years ago was that said? And it's still true today. You are the expert when it comes to your children. 
So make sure that you have a handle on their education. Didn't we also get a choice bill passed, Pastor? Well, that choice bill was the one I referred to as the scholarships. I think that's what you're referring to. And it also includes the HOPE scholarship. And that, and the good thing about that was the HOPE scholarship was preserved. We were concerned that it might not be preserved in a way that would help parents and all the people that care about kids could see that. But the legislature kept it in its current form so that we can talk to people about the HOPE scholarship. They can read about it and they can understand it and take advantage of it. And I just talked to a father yesterday who's pursuing that for his daughter. So, I mean, people are taking advantage of it in Florida and other states ought to follow that example too. That is a major, major benefit. I told this guy, this is a gift from God to the students of Florida. And he was amazed. He couldn't believe that was possible. Yes. And the way that that works is very simple, folks. All you have to do is monitor what your child is reading monitor the programs that they are being forced into in government schools. I, my first choice of always, always get your kids out of government schools. But if you're forced to leave them there, you have to be vigilant and you have to monitor what's going on. And then you have to correct it. And it's important for you to tell your children that just because it is in the printed book, just because they read it does not always mean that it's true because what they're reading is the opinion of someone else. And that's why learning to read is so important. So I am on a new kick and that is be proactive and teach someone to read. That should be your job. If you are working with your kids and you see that they cannot read your children, your grandchildren, your neighbor's kids, spend the time and teach them how to read. It's not difficult. There are wonderful tools on the internet. Just look up any phonics program and you will be amazed that within six weeks, your child will be able to read. It's not a mystery. It's very easy. And it's so important. Pastor, how about a good uplifting prayer? Because I want to leave us on a positive note. All right. I'm happy to do that. Let's pray, everybody. Father, we are grateful for in the midst of all the challenges and all of our concerns, there are reasons for hope and to be confident that you are with us. And I pray that you would reinforce that in all of our listeners that we would trust in you and not be hesitant, but that we would boldly step forth to protect that which is valuable and to preserve that which is essential so that our children can be blessed and our nation can be the lighthouse for freedom that it has always been. We are grateful that you are with us and thank you for empowering and enabling and entrusting this responsibility to us. We give you our pledge. We will not fail. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you all for listening. You're listening to Karen Schoen. This is the Prism of America's Education and my guest with Pastor Rick Stevens from the Florida Citizens Alliance. Go to the Alliance, put your email address in and get the most current information of what is going on in Florida, what is going on in the country, what you can do about it, even if you're not in Florida. Start an alliance in your own state. It is so important that you work, that we all work together, that we connect as Americans. That's what this fight is all about. It is up to us. Be vigilant and get involved. So I would say that that's my word for the week. Get involved. We cannot any longer sit on the sidelines. 
The sidelines do not exist. See you again next week. Thank you all for listening.